Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BIGGESTPROBLEM to save $5 off your first purchase. Welcome to the biggest problem in the universe. With me is Dick Masterson. Hey, what's up, buddy? And Sean, our audio engineer. Hello, gentlemen. We have made it, guys. Gentlemen, we have made it one year old. This show is shocking. Shocking. Shocking that we made it this far without somebody strangling somebody else. This is our one year episode. Pretty incredible milestone, especially since we just had our 50th episode milestone. The milestones keep on coming on this show. (laughs) It's we have a, so many milestones. It's a twofer. Yep. You gotta do it's a double. You gotta do both. Oh, <laughs> That's that re- what it is. That reminds me of a special bit we're gonna listen to in a in a bit. Yeah. Uh well before we get to any uh bits or anything, Dick, I just wanna cover some stats. Okay. Because uh, a lot of our listeners are curious what kind of numbers this show is pulling in. Our show currently is pulling about last month, uh the month of April, we had three hundred and thirty one thousand downloads. Really strong numbers, yeah. And then uh, in March, we had 340,000 downloads. And then our all-time, our one-year, our year-to-year download record, and this mm. is actually a little bit lower because we, we weren't always with the same hosting company. Yeah. But right now, as of this recording, we're at 2.8 million downloads. Whoa! Pretty fucking incredible. What does that compare to? What is 2.8 million of what? Is there anything, what, what is, is there any stats that we well, know there's 3 million of something? Like the, the population of uh, I don't know West Hollywood or Vermont or something. Oh, that's got, it's got to be more than it's more than the population of uh, Utah. I believe Utah's only two million two million people. The All entire right. the we should <laughs> declare a war on Utah. <laughs> uh, All right, we got more people than uh-huh. them. We'll invade it and take it over. Our listeners versus the entire state will burn. will burn the state to the ground. The liquor will run through the streets. Nobody will be spared. No women. No children. They're going first in my world. Um, anyway, Dick, yeah, that's, uh, those are some uh, really strong numbers, and um, I guess uh, I guess we should just get this out of the way. What? Uh, last week, earthquakes got voted yeah. number one. Yeah. The most, the most votes. Yeah. Uh, earthquakes. Yeah, you know what, uh, Dick? I am actually okay with that because out of gossip, flowers, and bachelor parties, it should have definitely gotten the most It votes. is objectively a bigger problem. I agree. Than those things. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, great. Great, uh, great, great problem. It also introduced something interesting. I don't want to talk okay. about it too much uh, because I, th- I have a feeling you're going to get to it in this episode. There we go. I got about 6,000 emails telling me about the broken window fallacy. Yeah. That oh, you brought. Uh, we're getting to that. We're okay. g- we'll get to that. Don't worry. We'll get to that. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Dick, before we go on, I, I have to play this bit that somebody sent in. This guy named Bandwagon Bedlam. Uh, he sent in this song that he wanted us to play for this episode. I think you guys will really appreciate this. I got a huge kick out of it. Listen to this. Too much swearing. Too much swearing. <laughs> Too much swearing. Fucking, 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 fucking monkeys <laughs> shit. Shitty fuck. Fucking motherfucker. <laughs> fuck off. Fucking horse Fucking, 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 fucking bullshit. Fucking shit. Fucking, fucking, fuck, fucking, fucking dipshit. Shit, shit. Bullshit ass bitching. Fuck that. Fucking shit. Fuck, fucking shitty. Fucking, because you're idiot. a dumbass. Shit, fucking, shitty. Fucking, 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 fucking asshole. Shit, fucking, fucking, fucking. Shove it up your ass. Fucking shit. Fucking shit. Horse shit. Fucking asshole. Shit. Fucking bullshit. Fuck you. Fucking, 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 Fucking shit, fucking fucking fuck off, fucking Rand, fucking Paul. I love to fuck at work. <laughs> what did you product. say at the end? I love to fuck at work. 
<laughs> is that what you said, Sean? Here, here, no, here. I didn't even hear me. I was laughing at the Rand Paul thing. Here, I'll play the tail end. Play the tail end. I left to say said, fuck at work, and he took out. Oh, he took out say. Fucking shit. Fucking fucking fuck off. Rand fucking Paul. I love to fuck at work. Yeah, you said I love to fuck at work. That's figures. Oh, that's too much swearing by Bandwagon Bedlam. Bandwagon Bedlam. Yeah, great song. Uh, super fun. We got a huge kick out of that. Thank you for making that. Probably took about half an episode to get that much swearing to fill up a song. Um, do you, Wait, uh, you got something else? I got another song if you're I, in the mood to listen to music. I, I do want to hear the song, but I have I kind of teased this last last episode. Oh, your big announcement. Big announcement. Oh, I have boy. Big announcement to make. Uh, you guys. I got a comment about that, first what? of all. Elena, what, what Elena Heads says, please don't say that your big announcement is another live show. Yeah, it's don't worry, Elena. <laughs> you know what? You're not, not you're not invited be, to watch. Yeah, how about that? I'll block. I'll block. I'll do an IP block. I don't care. Nah, she's she's hot. You don't want to block her. Yeah, no, I know. Um, all right. So you here's- know. What do you mean you know? <laughs> Have you been checking this girl out on Facebook? Dick, I know all things at all times. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't so need yeah. shit. I don't need shit. Dick Masterson over here. But anyway, so, uh, so I tease about my big announcement. Yeah. And I'm ready to announce it, uh, at least just uh, just a little bit of a tease. Um, I am writing a new book. Oh! Yeah. This is my my official announcement of my new book. Uh, this is my third book. The The title will be announced on my mailing list when it, go, when it gets a little bit closer. Okay. Uh, I'm not ready to, to mention the title. Oh, yet. you're the worst cock tease uh, in the yeah. world. The content is a mystery, but I'll give you this hint. It's all new material, and it's a book that I wanted to write back when I got my first book deal. So I wrote The Alphabet of Manliness, but this was the actual book I wanted to write, and I knew I couldn't write this book until I got a little bit more cred under my belt, right? Yeah. So I had to write two other books. So those were, the, your first book was a compromise. Uh-huh. This is the this is the unfiltered Maddox that you wanted the people to experience. Is that what you're saying? I, I wouldn't call the first book a compromise. I still put my heart and soul into that, and that oh, was an awesome oh, book. Oh goodness! All yeah, right, it was, a, it was a kick-ass book. But this, Max, this it's is already my... sold. You don't have to you don't have to sell yeah. it anymore. That book was already a huge hit. I got I got your dollar for this one. For this can book? I count on can I count on a dollar from that's about how much an author makes per book, guys. I make a dollar per book. Anyway, I'll uh, tell you what, I'll give you 77 cents. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm no woman, buddy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll be going on my fourth book tour based on the cities that people sign up from in the mailing list. Because that's what I did last time and it was hugely successful. Uh it had I had a blast. So this will be, yeah, this will be my fourth book tour because I did two for Alphabet of Manliness. Uh, but yeah, that's coming soon. You got to sign up for the mailing list, and I will announce the title when it gets a little bit closer. But I've been working on this for a long time, and also I think I'm going to start doing a little bit more with the mailing list. It's not going to be one of those annoying things where you get hit every month or every week with some uh, annoying bullshit ass little offer or oh hey check this check this out. It will be. I'm I'm even thinking about doing something subversive and asking people to uh, to do things that uh, I don't know. We'll see. I may quiz. I may quiz people to find our, my smartest listeners and smartest fans, and put a special group of those people on the internet. Oh wow! Yeah, that sounds exciting. Real uh, Illuminati shit. Uh, so what's the uh, what's the release date? Can I ask you that? The when release can we date, expect this book? The release date is still uh, still unannounced. It's up in the air. Probably I don't know, as as uh, as early as fourth quarter this year or sometime next year. So, so. in time for Christmas, possibly or in time for. Valentine's Day next year, possibly. <laughs> Hopefully, do you have? Can we get a thermometer of what percentage complete the book is? 
No, don't worry about that. <laughs> My, I feel like there's a gigantic publishing company somewhere uh, going, Dick, please, God, on the podcast, ask him how close he is to being done with his fucking uh, book. My editor might be listening. People at Simon & Schuster might be listening, so I'm not going to. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No. We'll, you got anything else about, about the book? No. Anything, anything else you want to tease? We can, So it. what do we know? No, we don't know the title. Don't know the title. We don't know the content. Don't know the content. But we know that it's going to be that I'm writing it. Very exciting. It's very exciting, and yeah. it's being written. Yeah, top men yeah. are working on it right now. Yeah, top man, top man, one man. All right. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's it. That's it. That's that's all I'm going to announce right now, and maybe more in the future. But we'll see. Okay, we've got a huge disaster to go over now. What? Right? A very, a very wonderful and excited fan sent us something really amazing for. The year anniversary of the show. Didn't oh boy! He? Of course, I'm talking about Butt Sanchez. Butt Sanchez. So let's let's fill and in he some emailed, more listeners. He emailed me yeah. several times saying I'm sending you guys a package for your year anniversary show. Uh, tell Maddox not to open it unless it's on the show. Yeah, so I said you got it. So I get a text from Maddox the other day saying, "Hey, I opened the package," and I said, <laughs> "What the what the f?" Why would you open the package? He asked us not to. He spent a bunch of money on it to send it here. Why would you open the package? Maddox, why would you open the package? First of all, uh, for the listeners who don't know, if you're just tuning in, this is your first time listening to this show, Bud Sanchez is a longtime fan who sent in a comment back in, what, like episode five or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. He like, sent in an erotic story. He sent in an erotic story. hooking up with this girl based on my advice. Right. And you gave him, yeah, you gave, gave him advice. I gave him the advice. advice, ask her what her relationship with her father is. Yeah. And he kind of looks, at, looks to you as a, a mentor, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you're, this is the a this is the guy, a mentor. There you go. This is a guy who you give life advice to, <laughs> sure. and is influenced by your philosophy and say, let's say intelligence. Yeah, like, let's just say po- in positive ways. Yes, in positive ways. So I go down. I get a call from the packaging company, the 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 PO the box post company, the post office. Yeah. Okay. The lady says, "Come down and pick up your package <laughs> immediately." Yeah, because there's a big fucking problem with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's unusual that I'm getting a call from the P.O. box, right? Yeah. The P.O. box lady. So I go down there and... Uh, what I, are you I, thinking? What's on your mind when you go down there? What could possibly be happening here? Well, I'm a positive guy, so I just thought it must be a big package they just want to get out of there. It must be so cool yeah. that they want me to come pick it up. Yeah. Okay. So me, I, I would have gone the other way with it. I would have thought, oh, wow, he must have like shipped a raccoon <laughs> and it died. No, I thought I thought this was, uh, you know, this was something that's a liability if they don't get it out of there, right? It's something that's so expensive and, yeah, like you said, cool. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got to get out of here, you right? You are an optimist. Yeah, man. I'm an optimist. So I went down there, and she goes, oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, yeah, your package is right here on the ground. And I see this this box that's uh, about the size of, I'd say, like a large printer, like a large boxy okay, printer. Okay, that's, that's beefy. It's a beefy box, and it's all wrapped in saran wrap. And Uh-oh. I thought, oh, that's weird. Okay, odd. So she picks it. So she picks it up, and then uh, she she goes, "Ooh!" And I look down, <laughs> <laughs> and her hand is covered in like this red stuff. Oh God! And I'm thinking, that's she, the worst thing to be. It could be yeah. blood. It could be shit. It could. You don't yeah. know. It, it's like kind of brown and ruddy and re- and oh, red. And no. and she said, "No, no, no." She no, says, no. "Oh my God, what is this?" And she looks so disgusted and horrified. I thought. I, I don't know. It could be a severed head for all I fucking know. <laughs> you ever my, seen Seven? My fucking fans. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. So I, 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 the poor lady's like freaking out. And so I, I reach down, I smell the box where it's leaking from. <laughs> and it smells like barbecue sauce. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, I'm sorry. It's just one of my bozo fans sent in something and probably didn't package it right. So one of these bottles or probably Or he thought broke. it was funny. 
Because when you babies? when you sent me the first picture that immediate that happens immediately after this, yeah. I thought this was his idea of a joke. I thought that I'm too. just gonna send a box of a mess. Yeah, like oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that's not funny. No, no. So um, so I it smelled like barbecue sauce, and then she got and then I uh, the poor lady I lifted it up and there was this puddle of barbecue sauce on the floor in the PO oh. box area that stained the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> And so she's sitting down there, and I felt bad. I'm, like, trying to help her scrub the carpet with paper towels and shit. Plus, plus, I was on my bike. I rode my bike down to the P.O. box yeah. thinking, ah, it can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be that bad. So then I had to carry my bike, my bo- this box back home in my bike basket. Oh, God. While I was dripping sauce everywhere. When did you open it? Did you when open it When I got it back the- home. No. Oh, smart. Because I thought, yeah. It'll explode if I open it there. You thought... Exactly. I'll bring it back yeah. home and let it explode all over my house. Right. Uh, and we're being glib about this and laughing, but I feel really bad yeah. that that a cool fan sent us like an awesome package. Well, and- you'll you'll feel even worse when you find out what's in it, Dick. Oh no. So I have some pictures here. We'll describe the pictures and post some of these on the website, but uh here's some here's some pictures from the package. So first of all is the is the uh, address from he he wrote it the the to address uh, the from address is Butt Sanchez and Doctor Smoothrod. Oh yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, his friend, right? So he he sent that in to us, and this is what the package looked like when we when I received it. There's this. There's Dude, a it looks of a- like something's dead in there. Yeah. And it looks like they knew it and they wrapped it with saran wrap. Yeah. Like, that's the last thing you want is this seems premeditated. It it's looks- the corner of a box. It's soaked and dripping something weird and blood-like, and it's wrapped, like, half in saran wrap. It's uh-huh. trying to burst out. Well, the entire box was wrapped in saran wrap. That was my job of, like, pulling it down, trying to get it unwrapped just oh, no, to open no, no, it, no, right? No. And I, I don't think they sent it like—I don't think he sent it like this. Oh, you think the shipping company wrapped it? I think the shipping company wrapped it when they noticed that oh, fucking shit was leaking no. from it. Yeah. Uh, Poor guys. So <laughs> I, I opened this up outside, by the way. I didn't want barbecue sauce exploding all over my, my house. So then this is what I opened it up to. We, the, I'm looking at a box here that just looks like garbage. It's just paper towels. Uh, the entire side of the box is soaked and glistening soaked. with barbecue sauce. Yeah. Dick, if you took a sponge and left it in a puddle of barbecue sauce, it wouldn't soak up that much barbecue <laughs> sauce. Well, I see a lot of paper, and then I see half of a bag of what looks like frosted mini-wheats. Yeah. That that's is, what you ate when you uh-huh. were a fat guy. Yeah. So he's so, trying to fatten you up again. Uh-huh. That's funny. Yeah. So the entire box, it just, I mean, it literally looks like just someone took a whole pile of garbage. And, and this is what Maddox sent me. I'm like, what, he just sent like a box of garbage? That, <laughs> I mean, that's not a sophisticated prank, but it is funny that you had to carry this around on your bike. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so I go inside, I get some latex gloves, because I don't want to touch anything in this box. Everything's just gushing with barbecue sauce. I'm sorry, excuse me. You have a ready supply of latex gloves oh, yeah, at where you live? Yeah, and I use them a that's lot. That's a... The mark of a serial killer? All right. <laughs> so I'm outside, and my neighbor. Sean, do you have latex gloves in your house? Anywhere? Nowhere. No? Randy, our uh, manager who's here with us today, who's responsible for getting this podcast together, do you have any? How long would it take you to find latex gloves if you had to have them? As long as it took me to go to Ralph's. To go to Ralph's. To go to a grocery I, and store. I don't even yeah. know that they sell latex gloves in Ralph's. I have lots of latex gloves. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I use them for everything. Why? What? I just, you don't need to ever cover your hands. You're cleaning with bleach or ammonia or anything like that? No. I have a picture of my fingers, buddy, who one, one time I cleaned with bleach, and then all my cuticles were peeling back. It looked like my, my fingernails were peeling off because no. I didn't use latex gloves. Because all the cleaning I do takes place... Uh, 
35 minutes before a new girl's a girl, coming yeah, over. So yeah. I don't really I don't really get in the, the yeah. crowd. I've seen your bathroom, man. It looks like you you went peeing with the lights out and then missed and then peed entirely on the toilet roll. All right, this conversation got out of control. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to Bud Sanchez, back to this package. I so with my latex gloves on, which you can see my thumb here has a latex gloves on. Yeah. All right. I pull, the first thing I pull out is what looks like a bag of Butterfingers uh-huh. with a note that is drenched in barbecue <laughs> sauce. That's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice joke, Butt Sanchez. <laughs> so this is this is to Sean. And it, the note, as far as I can read, says, Sean, because a man cannot have too many Butterfingers. And then it's signed BS for Butt Sanchez. Butt Sanchez. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> torn and has barbecue sauce on it. You know what, Bud Sanchez? I think you've proved that a man definitely can have too many Butterfingers. <laughs> followed by... Followed this, by. This, this, this frosted mini weeds box that I'm looking at looks like it's had an axe. This looks like something that JFK was carrying when he got shot. It that, looks, it's like there's like brains exploded all over it. It looks uh, it looks absolutely awful. It's uh, the note on it as much as I could uh, as much as I could read. Yeah, enhance. Yeah, it says Maddox, come back to the dark side. Something cereal is fucking, fucking awesome, awesome yeah. Bud Sanchez. And the note is completely soaked to the point where it's transparent <laughs> from barbecue sauce and grease from the barbecue sauce. So, yeah, that's a box of mini weeds. Very funny, but good prank. Then, the, the latex gloves. I can't get over this. But it looks like this is like what Dexter does. Like, you've taken you've taken photos of the crime scene. Did you rope it out, too? Do you have, like, trajectory of the inside of the box? No, but I didn't want to bring all this shit in my house, and I'm not going to stick my, my – I have – look at my knuckles, Dick. I have hairy knuckles. <laughs> it would take you weeks to wash anything out of those, anything yeah. out of those uh, hairy cabbage patches. It's bad enough food. when I eat barbecue. <laughs> 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 Do you call them hairy cabbage patch fingers? Yeah. yeah. Asshole. <laughs> so I, it's bad enough that when I eat barbecue, I get a barbecue sauce in my knuckles. I'm not going to get it in my knuckles just for opening a package. Are you fucking kidding me? No, no, no. Yeah, so I so the next thing I took out of the box is a foot, <laughs> <laughs> a porcelain foot, a porcelain foot, and oh, I'm looking at this that's thing. That's heartbreaking. And still at this point, I'm not sure if it's a joke. Like Bud Sanchez is just fucking with us, and you just send us a pile of garbage. That or, would be a ballsy joke. Yeah. Or is this part of something else? So I'm just staring at this foot in my hand. And thinking, what the fuck is this? A barbecue sauce on a foot. <laughs> is this a message? Is this yeah. the Godfather's message? Yeah, is this a threat? Like, what's he doing here? And then I pulled out another foot. Uh-oh. Yeah, a right and a left foot. And they're both, like, b- broken at the shin. I'm like, well, this is definitely a message, right? Oh, like, no. the first plane hits the Twin Towers, and you're thinking, well, that's a sloppy fl- uh, pilot. The second one hits, and like, well, that's deliberate. <laughs> right? This yeah, is exactly true. like 9-11. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's then, why it took Bush so long to relax or to, to get on to call to action. That's why he finished that kid's book. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think. Uh, Dick, we're not getting into <laughs> fucking Bush shit right, right, right now. Right, right, right. Right. So then I pull out what is truly heartbreaking. Oh, it I is, see it already. It is a plaque that says Army of Darkness, and it's numbered. It's a limited edition Army of Darkness statue that's numbered 11 out of 150. Oh. An Army of Darkness. Sean, you know Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah I know. I've seen it multiple times. Oh, man. Fa- 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 just the best movie ever. For, yeah. For guys the, like us. Yeah. 
it's one of my top three or top five favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So, so this plaque, it's kind of like a stand for the character that he sent us that I guess had broken. For the feet. With the feet, <laughs> so yeah. We've got the feet and what they're supposed to go on so uh-huh. far. And on the other side of the uh, the plaque is um, is the Necronomicon. So, it's, so he's kind of standing uh-huh. on the Necronomicon of Army of Darkness. And so I, I was still digging through, and then I pulled out what was the first bottle of broken barbecue sauce. Oh, no. And on it, it says, it says, Dick, you'll appreciate this. Well, uh, to be fair, I do. I think this is, I mean, this is a great prank. If you really want to nail somebody, send yeah. to their P.O. box, someone who rides a bicycle, mm-hmm. a box full of uncontained barbecue sauce. Yeah. That's hilarious. Great prank. <laughs> great unintentional prank. And the bottle, by the way, it looks like just the top has just completely screwed off. It's not even broken. The top is screwed off. Wait a minute. It, that was like that when you got That's it? That's how I got it. That top has been screwed off like an octopus came out of the bottle. Yeah. How did that happen? I don't know. It looks like the, the, the barbecue that can happen? sauce. I, well, you know, I have a theory. Okay. And that uh, wherever the altitude was that he bought that, <gasps> that sauce in, oh. then on the flight, it, uh, the air pressure changes. So you, if you go from low altitude to now, high well, altitude. No, he comes from Atlantic City. He comes from New Jersey. So he yeah. comes from the coastline, just like us. Yeah. It must be just the altitude of the, the plane. plane up top. No, that yeah. happens. Yeah, because yeah. It's, it's lower pressure up top. Yeah. And so, so then it, it, it causes it to expand. It causes yeah, but it I don't out. think it can unscrew like that. Yeah, but if, it, if the cap just blows off, if it's a plastic cap, it'll yeah. just blow off. You know, Sean, that's, you know? Why, that's why companies like Arrowhead, when they bottle the water, they put the water all the way to the top. And same thing with Kool-Aid. Those Kool-Aid twist pops, yeah. they fill it all the way to the top so that the air pressure can't change and, and cause their, uh, their packaging to explode. It's like when you haven't busted a nut in a while and a girl's okay. trying to you know, show off. And yeah. swallow, and she can't keep up, and it's like, wow. <laughs> just blows her mouth right off, you know? It's the grossest thing. I mean, isn't that what it's like, though? Like a giant gogurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, get ready for this Vesuvius bitch, and she's like, what? <laughs> oh, that's so disgusting. Uh, like a dog throwing up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, just like a dog throwing up on semen. Too much semen, and it's... Oh, that's Oh, disgusting. you made it gross. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the one who made it gross. Anyway, Dick, uh, so yeah, you can see this empty bottle says, Dick, you'll appreciate this. Do you appreciate it, Dick? Yeah. Great. <laughs> I definitely appreciate this. Of even course. more. Because this is, this is like, this is perfect. It's someone who went to a lot of work, well-thought-out work, put a lot of effort into it in. I mean, the expense... Is heartbreaking. The, oh. the thought is heartbreaking, and then to get it to the very last one yard line and completely <laughs> fucking blow it—that is the most beautiful thing in the world to me. That's the funniest joke that there is. It's like getting to the one yard line and then and shitting your pants, <laughs> and then leaving the field, going to a, like an army surplus store, buying a hand grenade. Pulling the pin and swallowing it. That's yeah. what this is. It's just a uh, fucking disaster. It's a mess. So my heart breaks, but I definitely, like, I can't say I won't think about this for the rest of my life as a funny thing. Yeah. Even though it's tragic. Well, it gets even more tragic, Dick, because then I pulled out the rest of the figure that he sent us. The, the Army of Darkness Army of Darkness. Figure. It's Ash. He's holding a chainsaw up in the air. <laughs> the chainsaw is bent at a 90-degree angle oh, from man. the base. Oh, no. <laughs> the chainsaw is bent oh. at a 90-degree angle. That The deadites are, are going to like that. Yeah, and he sent us this note. <sighs> this note was on the box. This was one of the only things not completely drenched in barbecue sauce. 
He says, Dick and Maddox. Also ironic. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing worth nothing. This joke's in the box. got a lot of layers. <laughs> he says, Dick and Maddox, this is the big present. This is to thank you guys for all the hard work that you both did this year in making the greatest podcast in the universe. Here's to many more years of Dick versus Dick, Maddox yelling at his audience, stupid voicemails, Sean laughing in the background. A stereos being awesome and happy young and wait. happy Yom Kippur is that no. what he's gonna say? <laughs> no, and happy you get to the oh, and hoping you get to the real biggest problem in the universe, which is Illuminati truthers, baby. <laughs> but Sanchez and this P.S. Dick, go hug yourself. Oh yeah, uh, you know what the real biggest problem in the universe is? What's that? No packing peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I was looking at, the, at some of these bottles, and some of them had prices and stuff on them, and, and uh, one of them was like $13, so the others had to be in that range, oh, right? Like uh, yeah. 15 bucks. Yeah, he, sp- he, spent, he spent some money on it. Yeah, so he sent, so uh, there was altogether about five bottles of sauce in there. Three of them survived, actually. I have three of the bottles, so thank you, Bud Sanchez. He sent one of them, uh, one of them, he le- uh, the, the one that survived, has a note on it that says... Maddox, I think you'll really like these. You'll like this, these bottles. Yeah, I something. think you'll really like drink, drink, bot, both, both, both. Oh, both, both these, these bottles. bottles. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then the other one is uh, Maddox. Fuck, fuck yeah, yeah, but Sanchez. Uh, and then the the third one that survived. It says Maddox. This shit is awesome. Enjoy, and it's completely drenched in barbecue sauce. But <clears throat> as your mentor. I'm going to just give you a little bit of a little bit of advice. This goes for everybody. <laughs> Always. I know it's exciting. Every, life is exciting sometimes, but you got to rein it in when you're at the 1-yard line and you got to think about it and you got to hand it off to the tight end like you're supposed to and you've got to carefully walk it across the goal line. That's it. Just always always remember when you start to get excited, walk it across the goal line. Don't forget that part cuz then this then this happens. And I love it. I appreciate it. You're right there, but Sanchez, you sent uh, you spent all this money, and then uh, what? The bottle that, uh, that that he said, Dick, you'll appreciate this. I pulled the the, what? the label off, and it says Pappy's sauce for sissies. Okay, I take <laughs> everything I just said back. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you, but Sanchez, you motherfucker, you deserve this. It says good for babies, brats, and bikers. You're all three except for the biker. All right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Dick, that's uh, that's a package from Bud Sanchez. But thank you, but. Use some packing bubbles next time, which cost nothing compared to this. Ex- that, that They're ar- giving them away. Yeah, that Army of Darkness figure must have cost at least upwards of $50 at we least. Gotta, we got to fix it. We yeah. can fix it. Yeah, we we'll have try. the technology, right? <laughs> we you got do. latex gloves over here. What else do you have in your murder bag? I, <laughs> do you have some super glue to glue a girl's lips shut or something that you can fix this Army of Darkness character with? Dick, I got a voicemail. Do you have any, any voicemails you want to play? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I do. Hey, you guys said in your bonus episode that if we have any issues, we should email Dick and not Maddox. Yeah, that's true. true. Dick is very good about responding to emails. Thank you, Dick. But we shouldn't email Maddox because he doesn't check because he gets enough emails. I mean, what the hell is he working on? Uh... I don't know. Why don't you listen to he the stuff? wrote star- one book 10 years ago. <laughs> asshole. And you update his website two or three times a year. What? You don't even have health insurance. You don't have a real job. <laughs> what are you working on, Maddox? You know, piece of shit. <laughs> Sean, delete that. Delete that voicemail. <laughs> delete it from the track. All right. It's gone. 
That, yes. <laughs> but you are you are working on a new book. Yeah. That's why that? I brought that in. Dickhead, you fuck. I'm working on a new book. Does that answer your question, you asshole? Yeah. So you mellow me. fuck. This piece of shit, he's busting my balls. I wrote a book 10 years ago. First of all, my first book came out eight years ago, dumbass. And then my second book. Did you even see that? And how about my fucking uh, website that I updated like twice last month? And then the weekly podcast. Are those things that I might have, so, uh, I don't know, uh, occupying my time and energy, you fuck? And then the YouTube channel and all the fuck social networking or responding to your inane comments and bringing in your horseshit comments this week uh you started strong now responding to comments uh you always do that well i got reason, another voicemail you want okay to yeah let's hear it this is a this is a pretty big this is a pretty big one hey guys this is barack obama <laughs> love the show wow. on your 52nd episode yes this is the episode to celebrate the complete rotation around the sun is far less arbitrary than five times the number of fingers you have. Mm-hmm. So suck my dick. Uh, <laughs> before anyone starts complaining, you can wait until a quarter of the way through the next episode if you actually want to celebrate, if you take in consideration. This is Barack Obama. What's on, what's on his I'd mind? I'd like to vote for my own biggest problem, which I think is unexpected guests, just as Dick's good friend George Bush and the Iraqis. Yeah. Also, from your last episode, <laughs> I'd like to point out that groupthink and mob mentality are completely different. Yeah. Hmm. So you guys are fucking morons. Okay. All right. <laughs> and Sean, when I get out of office, I'll be friends. looking for you to smoke a bowl. Thank you, guys. Good luck. Wow, Barack cool. Obama. Yeah. Big fan of the show. He had to get political, though. He can't uh-huh. resist. I like how his his slam dunk argument about uh, groupthink and mob mentality being completely different is just that. <laughs> so we're fucking idiots, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, thanks for listening to Barack Obama. Um, Here's for another four years. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get a good dynasty going in the office. with uh, Maybe maybe Jeb Bush. Maybe Jeb Bush will continue the dynasty. <clears throat> I got a voicemail, Dick, from a guy named Sean Bricker. Cool. Sean Bricker sent this in, and... We kind of uh, teased teased this new segment on uh, on the show last time, but he no, said this I don't want it. It's not it dick it on dick. Yeah. Hey guys, God. this is Sean from Indiana. I uh, <laughs> just want to say I would be honored and privileged if I could contribute to the first ever dick on dick. Okay, so I I actually helped him out here. I created a, a quick little intro. <laughs> I created created a quick little intro and clean up his audio a bit. But here here it is. Is this a gay dick porn? On dick. Mm. <laughs> is that so, it? No, no, no. So here's here's the actual here's the actual. He found this. This is a fan a fan submitted segment. So here we go. Um, dick, you bring in some good points sometimes, but it's really hard to side with you um, because I just don't know when you're going to contradict yourself. Uh, for example, when you say stuff like this. There's your harp, right? That's I haven't found any kind of correlation with age and how good the sex is. Sex as a teenager is the best, Close. man. It never gets better than <laughs> yeah. that. If you're a teenager, do anything you fucking can to get laid. There, that yeah, is as no. good as it gets, no, man. No, it's not. Oh. No, it's not. You're crazy. It's it never like, uh, gets better than that. Yeah, what I'm saying is it's a hockey stick. It doesn't yeah. get better as you get older. It's just different. But, man, when you're a teenager, boom, that's when to get it. But what are you saying? Because you said that you haven't found any correlation with age to sex. Well, I just explained. When you're a teenager, it's something different. It's better. Than uh, it ever will be again. Uh, but it's I not. Think, it's not like you can say, "Well, I didn't have sex as a teenager, but you know, now that I'm uh, 30, it's like my dirty 30s for the rest of my life. I'm just getting. <laughs> I'm just getting better at sex, right? It's like, no, you're fucking old. You should, uh, evolutionarily speaking, you should be dead. 
You missed it. You missed the time to bang. Wrong, dick. Have you ever talked to a chick who who banged a really old dude? And it's like, you <laughs> That's know. pretty much all I date. Yeah. <laughs> As it turns out, the girls I date have a lot of daddy issues. Yeah, yeah I, I know, buddy. Uh, anyway, these chicks always talk about, yeah, they, they kind of like confess to me. They say, hey, uh, Maddox, I hooked up with a guy last night, but I feel pretty weird about it. And I say, why do you feel weird? And she says, because he's 20 years older than me. Or yeah, gross. 30 years older than me. But- Mind-blowing sex, the best I've ever had, uh, made me come multiple times. And yeah. no other guy has ever done that. And all these bozos in high school don't know what the fuck they're doing. And that's the truth. Uh, Bennett Zweber. You want to talk about sex? Actually, let's just skip Let's just skip to this new song that I brought uh, you, in. It doesn't matter what I say because you're going to make it sound like a Bags of Sand reference. <laughs> Love it. Did you make this? No. What a boobs like. <laughs> I don't know. What's a vagina? I don't know. <laughs> Basement research. Oh, bring me some soup. <laughs> All I have are my bags of sand. Genitals and Utah censored. My pussy bed, because I just banged a lot. Trust me, it sounded like it came from somebody who's very experienced. Unwrap it in the right direction so that, uh, so that it works properly. You don't have sex underwater. It's nice on paper, but then in practice it's bullshit. Vaginas dry up, man. By the way, it dries up with a condom, too. With or without a condom. So we're at the beach, right? Well, this is boring. I'm going to go have sex. Look, I've had sex in an ocean. I've had sex in swimming pools. I've had sex in hot tubs. I've had sex in sinks. Like, it doesn't fucking work. How do you have sex in the ocean, then? Well, with my hips, man. I just rock them. That's why it's so foreign to you, because it sounds like bags of sand. That's because I'm an expert. If you don't have a dick longer than three yeah. centimeters, that's a clit. That is a clit by definition, dude. You got a clit. A penis is a, is anything smaller than three centimeters. A clit. That's it. That's they're basically the same thing. I get it. You pee out of one, you pee out of the other. I'm an expert. Whenever we go, they're all horned up ready for sex because they're so turned on by my driving skills. Sometimes penis goes into butt. What if they what if they accidentally engineered just a really gappy, just like just big old mud flaps on that? I think that's called a vagina. <laughs> yeah. What if they make it? They already did that. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you want to look up anyone to verify whether or not they have genitals, I invent I invented the pussy emoticon. It looks like a vagina. Why is the penis shaped like that by Jesse Baring? You want to download that? that? Yeah, I kind of right. do. Actually. Right, I'm going to finish right, this up later. You can see titties on the internet. Yeah, you want to yeah, see yeah. titties yeah. on the internet? Yeah. No. You want to hear the end of it? Right. <laughs> is that how? I don't know. Yeah, it is. No. Yeah. No. Uh, no uh, I've only heard wee, wee, wee. Um, but uh, <laughs> bags of sand. <laughs> oh, I'm having so much sexy sex here. I'm banging so many chicks. <laughs> what a like. I don't know. What's a vagina? I don't know. <laughs> Basement research. Oh, bring me some soup. <laughs> All I have on my bags of sand. <laughs> All I have on my bags of sand. <laughs> you fucking assholes. Christopher Strand from Norway. I get nothing but disrespected on this show. Yeah. So what about teenagers and sex? Yeah, I don't, I don't really hear this shit. All you right. guys don't even understand the level of expertise I, when it comes to sex that I have. What level would you say you're at? Like, if you had to compare yourself to, to like, a famous coxman. A, fa- a famous coxman? Yeah. 
Like Will uh, Chamberlain, for example. <laughs> Was he a famous coxman? Uh, bags of sand. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't take long. <laughs> he, he's the basketball player who said he slept with over 10,000 women. Oh, by, okay, slept, yeah. by slept, he means had sex with. Yeah, right. I yeah. know, dick. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, then definitely him. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> him. I can't. Oh, I can't do this thing. Oh, my gosh. Dig this we are we are dragging our don't laugh, right. Sean. Tired of your shit. You wanna do problems? Let's get to some problems here. Alright. Bicyclers is my problem. Okay. Not cyclists. Bicy- not cyclists because they want you to call them cyclists so because it, it sounds cool. But they, th- what they are is bicyclers. They are cyclists because that's what they are, Dick. That's a no. that's a fucking back to Zan comment about bikes. <laughs> you don't know shit. <laughs> okay. Classic classic bicycler comment comparing <laughs> bicycling to sex. Um, you, you put the fun between your legs. You, you <laughs> criticize me a lot for not explaining things yes. for listeners outside of yes. the U.S. So I'm going to explain this one. Um, if you're outside of the U.S., a, a bicycle, what it is, is like a motorcycle. Except instead of being powered by a motor, it's powered by a sanctimonious <laughs> pussy. <laughs> who, who steers, who careens around the road like a uh, blindfolded homosexual at an ass factory. <laughs> That's what a bicycle is. You think, uh, you think that, uh, that uh, blindfolded homosexuals at an ass factory just careen around? Well, I, be- I mean, they're like... Like, right? Like, that's the no. joke. Like, well. there's asses everywhere. They're like, oh, I, I smell an ass. Give me, let me get that ass. And then they get far away from one. That's the, that's the visual. I, that's, that's what I think when I see a guy riding a bicycle with his little Lycra shorts down the street. Is um, class, Classic case of a blindfolded homosexual at an ass factory. <laughs> Which, by the way, Dick, uh, one of our fans kept tweeting uh, pictures of Dick on Dick to you. <laughs> Nonstop. So funny. What was his name? Uh, I forget. Uh, I'll bring it. Here look I at it. Look it up real yeah. fast. He deserves some credit. <laughs> you think that's real? You think this is real funny? Though, you dick oh, it's dick. my favorite. I love it so much. It's not funny at all. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Dick doesn't like these at all. So stop sending them, guys. It's not stop. funny. <laughs> They're not funny. They're not funny. Stop sending dick, dick on dick pictures on Twitter. Because what did I say? Dick on dick sounds like gay porn. So it's going to be a bunch of photoshopped me doing gay porn. What's his name? R R Abramum. There it oh, there is. Yeah. Paul Castro. So this was one of the pictures that Paul Castro said. <laughs> oh, click on his username. Dick Let everybody see all these beautiful works of art. Hey, you guys are the ones looking at gay porn, not me. So what about that one? <laughs> what do you think about that, Sean? Oh, God. <laughs> his Twitter handle is drugfreethug. Is <laughs> at drugfreethug. Nerd. Yeah. Um. No, I, I think you did a pretty good job, Dick. I think that uh, this is a masterful Photoshop job, don't you think? Go to the other one. No, it's, that one has my face as the head of two penises that are touching each other. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Look at this one. It's you. It's the. So I don't know why he, he found these facial expressions of me that that does look like I'm having sex with myself. That's every facial expression of you, Dick. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Find another one. I already seen that dick one. All right, all right. I'm pulling up all the dick ones. Here. Oh, here. oh yeah. The, here we go. Great. <laughs> all right. I love that his account isn't shut down yet. Oh, this is new. I haven't even seen this one. It's, yeah, it's, three. A, it's a threesome of me. <laughs> three dudes. And the goddamn faces are so stu son of a bitch. So Paul I Castro. Look at, <laughs> look at that one. Fucking yourself. 
All right. <laughs> oh, I had a chimp. The this. monkey's not as funny. Oh. Classic bicycler humor. <laughs> Cyclist. <sighs> okay. Bicyclers. Yes. Red doesn't mean go. You guys, when you guys get to the crosswalk, eh. fucking stop. They're stoptional for us. Exactly. This is why everyone hates you. Because yeah. you pretend like you're doing us a favor yeah. with your stupid hobby. But you, know, you don't obey any of the rules, and you make it more dangerous on the road. Uh, That's why we hate you. Uh, 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 you don't obey the rules, nerd. Listen, I, I want to The driving rules are there for safety. Really? They're there they're, 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 they're for safety? Here's the thing. You don't have to get a license to, to ride a bike. Anyone can ride a bike anytime, anywhere on the street. Yeah, you that's the learn. problem. Yeah. No, it's not a exactly. problem. Here's the problem. Bicycle. Bicyclists are taxpayers, and we don't get to use the freeway. We don't get to use all the roads that we want. There's not parking. There's not ample parking for us. And by the way, I talked to a police officer. Ample parking for your bikes? Well, there is. There's dumpsters all over the place. Just throw them in wherever you get. Piece of shit. Here you go. Throw it away. Here's my fucking cross that I rode here all the way like a martyr. (laughs) I'm going to nail myself to my bicycle and then throw it away. (laughs) You know, Dick, we are doing everyone a favor because according to SMH.com, this is a website, uh, a news website, they said the economy benefits by more than $21 every time a person cycles 20 minutes to work and back and $8.50 each time a person walks 20 minutes to and from work, according to policy statements released by Deputy Prime Minister Anthony Albanese on Tuesday. Oh, man. There you go, dickhead. Thanks for the uh, armchair uh, lesson in economics. Oh, you you fucking (laughs) foreshadowing (laughs) piece of shit. Uh, Hey, do you ever ride your bicycle on the sidewalk? Uh, rarely. Rarely. Okay, you know how many times I've driven my car on the sidewalk? Uh, Zero. Oh, really? Fuck off. I really? tried. That's how I wrecked it. Rain slick dick over here. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't yeah. get on the sidewalk. That's because you hit the curb, you fucking asshole. That's the only reason you didn't ride on the sidewalk. And by the way, have you ever been hit by a cyclist? Um, you want to hear something interesting? Yeah, let's hear it. Long Beach. Long Beach did some research on bicyclings. Long Beach is a on city bicyclers. in California. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 45% of bike-related accidents are caused by the bicyclers. Uh-huh. 35% are driver-related, 20% are undetermined, but probably the bicyclers' fault. Let's be serious <laughs> okay. here. Because you guys drive erratically and like assholes. Leading cause of bicycle accidents? Bicyclers riding on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. No, I believe it. Hey, man. Because um, you think it's yours. Because a bicycle is a bumper sticker that you can ride. Yeah, because cyclists are the ones who are entitled to everything. Huh? They're the ones who are honking yeah. at cars, telling them to get out of the way. We're the assholes. Yes. You fucking pricks are sitting there, like, riding our asses because you're too much of a pussy. You're too much of a dipshit to turn your steering wheel two degrees to the left and maneuver around a cyclist who has the, the body footprint of a human being. If you can't maneuver around that in traffic safely, fuck off. Stay home. Turn your turn your driver's license in. You stay it. home. Take your stupid hobby out to the country. It's take not it, a hobby. Take it to Portland. All of you hipster fucks with your bicycles, you have have your own city. Yeah. Go make your own fucking city called Bicycleratopia and just ride around all day blowing each other. Get those tandem bikes so one of you can turn the other way and suck <laughs> the other guy off for what a great person he is. <laughs> you know what, asshole? That city already exists and it's called Amsterdam and it's fucking brilliant. I've been and, to Amsterdam. Yeah. It's, and everyone cycles everywhere and, it, and traffic is never jammed. It's a fucking awesome. Everyone gets away, everywhere they need to go. No problem. I, you know what, Dick? I can get anywhere in the city faster in traffic on my bicycle than you can in a car while you're sitting there totally like a fat fucking, ass. Totally false. Yeah, breathing in your air conditioned air. You're pampered. Oh, your uh, so your bourgeois car with your air conditioning. Speaking, you're so fucking cool. Speaking of the air I'm breathing in, uh, a study in Brussels says that bicyclers <laughs> breathe in five times more air pollution than drivers 
or pedestrians. So enjoy your cancer, Maddox. Oh, uh, okay, but you're still breathing the same air, asshole. You're just breathing it uh, all day long, every day. No, you're breathing it right out of a car's butthole. Because that's what a bicycler is. You've got your lips while you're out there on the road sealed to the butthole of a car. Dick, you're first just of all, sucking the poison in. Yeah, you Fuck can, you. I got some poison you can suck out of something. Here's the thing, Dick. I'm a cyclist. I'm a considerate, I'm a considerate <laughs> cyclist. Okay, when I ride my bike, I take side roads. I, I ride the roads less traveled. And I, yeah, I sometimes coast through four-way stop signs because bikes aren't cars. It doesn't make sense for them to come to a complete stop. They don't need to. You can slow down. There Look, we go. If entitled I'm driving through, asshole no, bicycler. it's not that I'm entitled, dickhead. It's that you, like, it just doesn't make sense to come to a complete stop if you're coming to a four-way intersection. You yes, slow down it does. to five miles per hour. You look left. You look right. Cars do it all the time. It's that uh, I'm a dick if I do it on a bicycle. And by the way, if I run that stop sign, I get hit. I'm the only person who's getting hurt. Good. Yeah. The fuck you. So here's the thing. Uh, there's this. There's this dickhead cop in a city. I think this was in Connecticut. There was a big group of cyclists, 26 of them, who were driving in a big pack together, and they all ran one big stop sign together because the person at the, at the front stopped and looked both ways. He said it's clear, and then the entire group moved through. Moved through. Right. Some dickhead cop wrote every single cyclist a ticket, and and all these like hard ass drivers, these entitled dickhead drivers who think they own the roads, came out came over. Who, by the way, uh, their fuel prices are lower because of us. But anyway, they came over. They said, "Good. I'm glad all the cyclists got tickets." Yeah, because yeah, because what's the alternative, dickhead? That we all get in single file line, and then you wait for 26 cyclists to come to a complete stop, and then start up their slow ass cycles to, to ride through the, um, uh, the the intersection. Is that what you want? That's right, because it's the fucking law. No. Are you guys a car or not? Do it's, you belong on the road or not? It's you don't safer. just get to barrel through and take over the intersection because you're enjoying the breezy day with your stupid bicycles. Dick, it helps traffic. It helps move along traffic, and it's safer for cyclists and motorists. You know what else helps traffic? Keeping your fucking bicycle off the road. You don't want to be inconvenienced stopping at a stop sign? Stop inconveniencing the rest of us by making us swerve around you on oh, our way to work. Oh, well, boo-hoo. Why don't you nail yourself to your cross, you big fucking crybaby? You know what traffic is, Dick? Cars. Cars are traffic, not bikes. There's never been a bike on a freeway, and and they're jammed every fucking day. How do you explain that? How do I explain that freeways are jammed? Yeah. You want an explanation for All that? All fucking cars. Cars, 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 cars. More fucking cars. That's what we need, huh? And by the way, Dick, every time you see a cyclist, you should get out of your car that's parked and stuck in traffic uh -huh. and pull him over and lick his asshole and say thank you for saving me gas money and creating an extra parking space wherever the fuck I'm driving. It's interesting. Uh, bicyclers are eco-friendly, you would say, right? Well, sometimes. Sometimes? When is that times? Because that seems to be a big component of their argument is that, well, we're, we're, we're saving you all this fucking gas. Well, I don't give you a shit. You should thank us. I don't give a shit about the environment. You know me. I don't. I don't, buy, I don't bicycle because— I think you do. No, I don't. I don't care. I don't bicycle because I care about the environment. I bicycle because it's fast, convenient, and it's good exercise. But it does save you money on, uh, on gas because we're using less fuel. Where do those calories come from? That well, you're burning while you're on the bicycle. Food, which is way cheaper which than is, drilling oil uh, out of the Middle East. How do, you, how do they harvest that food, Jacko? With gigantic tractors that suck down gasoline. Yeah, so? <laughs> yeah. So if you, or I got, I got some stats for you on this one. If you get four guys on a bike, uh -huh. that's exactly equal to the amount of gas it takes that same, those same four guys to drive in a car. Uh, that's four people versus one, usually, uh, one so driver. So fucking carpool. So, and oh, that's, who and carpools? That's on a, that's on a normal even, diet. You can't even fit four people in your car, asshole. It's because it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can fit four people if two of them are hot chicks. 
So you're you're basically you made an and argument. They lay on top of each you, other. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and in, in maybe in the glove compartment, you psycho. Okay, Mr. Latex gloves. <laughs> where were you gonna throw them in the trunk? Wait, no, it doesn't matter where I put the chicks. Listen, the, the bottom line is, you just made a case for me. You said that four cyclists are equivalent to one carpool, which nobody does. They don't save that much gas. That's what I'm saying. Fuck off with your eco-friendly save, shit. I'm, look, I don't care about the environment, but they save three times the amount of gas. You just said so yourself. No, no, no. It's, it's, they, use, uh, they use a quarter. A bicycle uses, yeah. a, a guy riding a bike uses a quarter of the gasoline as a driver because of the amount of food calories he burns. While he's riding that bicycle. So it's 75% more efficient. Plus, it depends on where you get your food calories from, right? Yeah, if you get it, if you get it from meat, mostly, which yeah. I'm assuming you do, even though because even though you ride a bike, you're a man. Right. Yeah, but if you get ch- it from meat, it's even more. Protein is cheap. You can get protein sources. Any- you can buy a, a container of tw- a, a dozen eggs for like $2. Yeah. That's, that's cheaper. That'll, that'll feed you all fucking week. How about your dumb outfits? <laughs> I don't wear dumb outfits when I cycle. Really? Yeah. I, do, I don't own I don't own bicycling shorts. Look, man, I'm not going to defend that. That's yeah. stupid. You know what's inconvenient about bikes? Every time you're at a stoplight, they go right to the front of the line. Yeah, and then they and then they futz around like a little child learning to work, trying to propel their stupid machine across the intersection while everyone fucking waits. Motorcycle, boom, takes off like a rocket. Takes off like a penis with a rocket in it at a stoplight. Bicycler, steering around like they're like they're having sex for the first time, jabbing their dick in any which way. Like a teenager. Go to the end of the line. Go to the end of the line. <laughs> you guys do not deserve you're to be at the front. You're such a crybaby. If bicycle, you're complaining that bicyclists have advantages of, uh, advantages over driving, so fucking get a bike. That's not an advantage. It That's is just an advantage. jamming yourself in the front. No, because here's the thing, Dick. If, if cars are so much faster, why are you even stuck there? Why can't you just maneuver around us? Because it's a pain in the ass. Oh, it's a pain That's in the ass why. to turn your steering wheel two degrees. Fucking pro driver over here. Yeah, it is. I want to be texting and tindering. I don't want to watch out for you guys on the road. Yeah. I have a question for Maddox. Yeah. What happens when you're in a car and you get behind a cyclist? Are you laying on your horn and no. getting angry and yelling and all that kind of stuff? Because no. that's what you do in a car. Here's the thing, Sean. When I get to where I'm going, my destination, I pull up, and if I see a parking spot open, I think to myself, well, that cyclist might have been going the same place that I was going, and he probably saved me a parking spot. And if it wasn't him, it was probably the other 10 or, or 15 bikes that I see parked out front of the building, because every single one of those bikes represents a parking space that I can't park in, that I that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to park in. So I I thank that cyclist. And also, it's not that much of an inconvenience. There has never been a traffic jam because of a bicyclist. There's never been. It just doesn't fucking exist. Everyone gets a little bit inconvenienced. But have you ever been more than like, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute late to something because you had to slow down a little bit for a bicyclist? Who, by the way, if he was driving a car, that's one more car that you would be sitting behind in traffic at the front of an intersection. If the red light is uh, is all backed up and the intersection's all backed up, have you ever been in that situation where you're one car away and you just barely make it through that intersection? Well, you may have been that in that situation because of a cyclist. Have you ever been in a situation where your dick doesn't work because you rode a bicycle for too long and it ruined your prostate? No. Because <laughs> that's real. <laughs> yeah, Big I know. Big fucking problem. Well, if you- You uh, do know about that, though, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. If you, if you sit on shitty seats and you cycle too long. Men who cycle more than nine hours a week are six times more likely to develop prostate cancer, study finds. Yeah, so I guess you won't be needing that erection anyway. <sighs> Dick, I ride my I, I solve that problem by riding my bike hard. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Lance Armstrong, he was a bicycler. Yeah, he's an Cheated, yeah. embarrassed America. Embarrassed the U.S. Postal <laughs> Service, too. Yeah, he's an asshole. Hitler was a bike messenger, bicycle messenger during <laughs> World War One. Okay, here comes the Hitler argument. <laughs> <laughs> all of you guys are a road rage. All of you bicyclers are full of rage. You're all you're all wannabe CE wannabe visionaries, CEOs, like fucking yuppie CEOs on your bicycles, touring around town while the rest of us are trying to get our shit done. Fuck the, you. The only here's the thing. I think that bi- bicyclists sometimes are idiots because mm-hmm. I have seen some militant cyclists who are cycling who are cycling activists, which I am not. I don't give a shit. Like if you want to drive your car, you're entitled to. But I think that bicycling is the best form of transportation. But sometimes these militant cycling dipshits pull up next to a car and they say, and when the car yells at them, they yell back, "Get a bike." Yeah. Well, dickhead, sometimes not everyone can ride a bike. Sometimes people have disabilities. Or sometimes, balls. But, but sometimes, yeah. Yeah, they don't have balls because they're sitting there in their big SUVs with air conditioning, getting pampered by, uh-huh. the, by the climate control. And not breathing in cancer. You're all, everyone's breathing it in, dickhead. Huh? And you know more. what? You know what? That might be offset. The uh, the uh, the cancer, the cancerous uh, particles that we're breathing in might be offset by the fact that we have healthier bodies. Yeah, you're the, you're the benchmark of health. Yeah, I don't need I don't need shit from Dick Masterson, Paragon it's, of Health over it's here, the vinyl Mr. Whiskey Dick. Of, it's the vinyl of transport. That's <laughs> what, what a bicycle is. What? It's the vinyl of transport. Vinyl of transport. Yeah, I think you could understand more about uh, vinyl lovers. Yeah, with your love for bicycles, because well, it is a it is a shittier way to drive around yeah. to get anywhere, Says, and it pisses everyone off. But yeah. you just love it. Says Dick Masterson, the person who thinks that everybody needs to lose 20 pounds. You're you're arguing against exercise, like bicycling exercise? Yeah. Great. You know what, Dick? Uh, we still have to have a race. I will race you in heavy traffic, on my bike, in your car. We'll see who gets to, to where we're going well, first. Well, you throw in heavy traffic like that. Because that's-, that's the point. That's the point. If you live in a large city, like, oh, I don't know, L.A. or New York or Austin then or wherever. Then why does everyone hate you guys? It, it's not everybody does. That. It's just everybody a bunch of hates bicyclers. It's a bunch of limp dick, like uh, finicky, emotional blowhards like yourself who are sitting there so stuck in traffic, and you look around and you think, oh, I'm going to blame bicyclists because you're a conspiracy dipshit, uh, rather than blaming other drivers. You are traffic, Dick Masterson, not me. We, uh, Us cyclists, by the way, if traffic gets heavy, Guess what? Sometimes I, I see car drivers like getting frustrated and trying to get trying to get through traffic. When I go to the front of an intersection and I go forward, I always pull off to the side as far right as I can to let cars pass me by. Not I'm not far a dick. Enough. Huh. Yeah. Great. All right. That's my problem. Shit Bicyclers. Problem. Yeah, and I have I have a another Everyone s- else apologizes for inconveniencing people. You notice that? Hmm. Everybody, I get drunk, throw a beer at a baseball game. I'm like, sorry I did that. I deserve yeah. to be kicked out. Bicyclers don't. You yeah. think that we owe you some kind of gratitude for your stupid hobby that I, inconveniences everyone. I guess, Dick, I guess uh, other than the benefits of riding and walking to work, which include uh, better health, less congestion, reduced infrastructure costs, reduced greenhouse gas emissions, better air quality, noise reduction, and savings in parking costs. I guess other than all that, there is no advantage to riding a bike. You're welcome. Uh, it's annoying. And that, <laughs> according to the number one problem, slacktivism, that's all it takes. <laughs> I guess. Except slacktivism does actually have real-world repercussions. Not in a study. <laughs> what, what Just study? in your opinion. Do you have a stats? I got no. a stats for you. All right. Hold on, what? Dick. If, you know, cyclists are manly men who have to shave often. Oh, yeah. This episode is brought to you by <laughs> Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use promo code BIGGESTPROBLEM to save $5 off your first purchase. 
Uh, yeah, cyclers are mainly men who need to shave often because their thighs chafe too much while they're riding their little girl bikes. I shave. My thighs are smooth, buddy. Have you been using your Harry's? Yeah, I, I still I still use my Harry's blades. I need. I I want them to send me some shaving cream because I had to go buy some at the store. Not only was it a pain in the ass, which Harry's is not, but I also didn't like it as much as my Harry's uh, shaving gel. Yeah, the shaving gel was really good. I still have I still have some of that uh, the other stuff too, the shaving butter. I prefer the shaving cream over the shaving butter. Are you gonna not use the butter because oh, that's what yours. I use? Yeah, you can have oh, my butter. Yes, give me that give me that butter, Maddox. <laughs> I'll put it all over your face. <laughs> Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades are crafted for sharpness and precision. Um, I'm sure you're wondering, how does Harry's.com deliver a superior shave? Were you wondering that? Uh, yeah, I was about to ask you. They bought a blade factory in Germany, and they've been crafting some of the world's highest-quality blades for almost a century. You can save. Here's the meat of this. Their starter kit's just 15 bucks. That includes the razor, three blades, and your choice of shaving cream or foaming shave gel. You like the gel, I like the cream. The gel's great. You can have the cream. Cool. Uh, as an added bonus, you get five bucks off if you put in our code, Biggest Problem. Biggest Problem is the code, guys. And no joke, I have never had a set of razors last longer than those blades. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, you're going to get your money's worth out of that. And it supports the show, guys. Thank you for supporting us for 52 episodes. Big milestone of 52, which just rolls off the tongue. Okay. Let's get to the real biggest problem. All right. In the universe, this week at least. Armchair economists. Oh, great. Yeah, there's yeah. a fucking problem. That's a problem. Is this related to the deluge of comments you got about mm-hmm. your idiotic statements yeah. in the last episode? It sure is, <laughs> Dick. And I am ready to rip the asshole of these armchair economists wide open with oh. my foot, buddy. Okay, so you're about to make several arguments about economics as a what? Regular guy, yeah, right? as What's, a regular guy. What does that mean? You are. I'm I'm not an armchair economist. Go ahead. Yeah. Because I'm not making Just economic curious. theory. I'm not making economic theory. I'm criticizing a fallacy, which itself is a fallacy. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Economists, first of all, are like the weatherman of finances. Right? Can we agree on that? Their, their predictions are usually bullshit because most predictions are just that. Bullshit. Every single stock market prospectus includes the phrase, past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results because they're nothing more than glorified mediums who use clunky regression models to do just that. Predict the future based on past results. Uh. That's all they're doing all fucking day long. The entire field of economics is one big gambler fallacy, and only occasionally does anyone get it right. It's like wine tasting, but with mathematical models that sometimes occasionally get it right. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's economics. First of all, a long time ago, Dick, I started writing an article. This is what, way back in <clears throat> 1999 or something, in the early days of my website. Yeah. I started writing this article that was titled, uh, Economists Are Full of Shit. And I started doing all this research and got bored because reading economics books are so fucking boring. They're dry. But uh, as a, And as a math major, you hate that. Yeah. Right? I, 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 I'm a math major. I love numbers. I love uh, uh, equations, and I love number theory. But economics is very boring and very dry. Be- yeah. And it's mostly bullshit. It's like, I'll, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because an economist's job is not predicting the fucking future like you're phrasing there. They are. No, but that's not their job. Their job is to understand the decisions people make based on the economy. It's about understanding people. It's about trying <laughs> to figure out what choices they make with their money because that's when the votes really count because yeah. they're, you know, the quantum of your life. Mm-hmm. It's about taking that data and trying to understand what makes people tick. Dick, uh, you know I love you, but you're wrong. 
All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That is a site that is a psychologist's job to no. understand why people do things. Yeah. And an economist's job is to model economic activity. That's all. They're just yeah. looking with regression models. That's what they do. I took I took classes in economics. How many? One. Awesome. Thank you. Perfect answer. Please continue. It was a high-level economics class. I though. bet you jumped right. Why would you start at the beginning? You clearly understand what an economist's job is to predict the fucking future, like Madame Cleo. That's what. That's all they're doing is they're trying to explain. Yeah, they explain uh, what the what the stock market and the economy is doing with regression models. That's all they do. It's just regression models. So that's, you're you're lumping all economists into the armchair uh, tag. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. So I'm they, who knows what no, they're just doing? Just checking. Look, if it come, if push comes to shove, I'm going to listen to an economist over an armchair economist, and I'll tell you who the armchair economists are. Our but listeners, but you already don't respect economists, well, right? Well, you're already saying they're you're already saying they're soothsayers. See, people don't say an armchair quarterback are, is an idiot, and also the quarterback is an idiot. I do. Yeah. <laughs> again, you don't understand the fucking metaphor, Dick. Somebody has to be correct if someone is an armchair blank, Dick. There are degrees of correctness. If I'm going to listen to something about football, I'm going to go to I'm going to listen to an arm uh, a quarterback before an armchair quarterback uh-huh. because more likely than not the quarterback knows what he's talking about more than an armchair quarterback so That's economists why. do economists more than armchair economists do okay, yeah go ahead yes, yes and by the way there aren't they're not entirely garbage there's there's some good economists i thought what do you mean uh, some well, Who, who's a good economist that you that you have in the? I liked I liked what Al, Alan Greenspan did. I liked what he did with the with our economy. I liked I liked some of his. Uh, his what specifically r- did you like about Alan Greenspan? Well, he was very conservative when it came to raising interest rates or lowering interest rates. He was very cautious, and and the stock market liked that, and they responded well to it. In what ways? What what did he use to raise or lower them? I just want a sp- one specific answer out of this because it sounds like you know the name Alan Greenspan, but you don't know specifically what you like about him. What are you trying? to get out of me an answer what do you like that he did i told you he was very cautious but he, look when 9-11 happened and the stock market went to shit alan greenspan came through and he didn't panic and suddenly just uh, you know throw everything out the baby out with the bathwater. what did he do he, he lowered the interest rate very conservatively like half a percentage point at a time the the interest rates uh-huh. right the uh, the lending interest rates the banking uh-huh. interest rates look man it, it doesn't matter the the, uh, the bottom line is you asked me the question and i answered it like i like alan greenspan yeah, but you because didn't give he was a satisfactory concerned. answer to me because nothing you keep moving the goalpost dick i tell you specifically what i like about alan greenspan in that he was conservative and wasn't panicky and didn't introduce more volatility into the stock market at a time of a uh, disaster okay that's what i liked about him all right he's a smart guy he's a very conservative conservative guy he was a, he was a, a, a shrewd uh, economist okay there you go so th- there's one that i liked Anyway, Dick, um, a lot of people last time called me out for something called the broken window fallacy. Yeah, most you know, blatant example of it you could possibly give. Go ahead. Yeah, what was it? Um, the the broken window fallacy. For those who don't know, is um, this is from this is the first link that someone linked to me. It's from about.com. and I think it was a girl who said, "19th uh, century political economist Frederick Bastiat offered an answer to such question in his 1850 essay." That which is seen and that which is unseen. Right. This theory, this fallacy, the broken window fallacy, comes from the year 1850. So do you want to go over what you said that made people say that? Or yeah. do you want me to do it? So we were talking about the earthquake. Right. And you said it was good that the buildings, there can be some good from the buildings getting knocked over because building new buildings stimulates the economy. Correct. And everybody said, 
That is the definition of the broken window fallacy, which means you're well, totally wrong. It does not stimulate the economy. I didn't say broken windows. I said specifically those buildings being replaced would stimulate the economy. And no, 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 they didn't mean literally it's about the windows. They meant right. the buildings themselves. It's right. the logic behind right, right, right. The logic. Yeah. It's the logic behind rebuilding the buildings does not stimulate the economy. Right. Here, I'll, read, I'll read the fallacy. It says, by breaking the window, the man's son has reduced... Okay, so the example they gave this guy in, the, in 1850 said that a son who's the son of a storekeep breaks his window, and then mm-hmm. people around him say, oh, well, at least it's good for the economy because then now you have to buy a new window and that stimulates the economy. Right, which is false, Well, that, in my on. opinion. Okay, and in your opinion and a lot of armchair economists, yep. um, they say because... The man's son has reduced his father's disposable income, meaning that his father will not be able to purchase new shoes or some other luxury good. Thus, the broken window might help the glazer, but is that how you pronounce it? Glazer? Glazier? Yeah. Whatever. It might help the the window maker, but at the same time, it robs other industries and reduces the amount being spent on other goods. Moreover, replacing something that has already been purchased is a maintenance cost rather than a purchase of truly new goods, and maintenance doesn't stimulate production. That's the fallacy in a nutshell, right? Well, I mean, it's a simplification. No, but that's sure. the whole. That's the entire fallacy. That's I copied not, and pasted that. That's what the original guy yes, wrote. That's the, that's, that's what that's the original from guy wrote. Wiki, whatever. Well, it's, it's from about.com, but that is the fallacy. That's the entire fallacy, right there. I mean, They're I saying, think it's there's a lot more to it than that, but you can attack just that. If well, you that's, want, that's the that's the window maker. That's the broken window fallacy, right? They're saying they accused me of that, but here are the assumptions that it neglects, and I have eight of them. First of all, that the father has disposable income, right? That's an assumption. You're just assuming that in this made-up scenario where a shopkeep gets a broken window, he has disposable income. He replaced the window. What does he replace it with? Money. But you can also go into debt. That's an That's assumption. That's the same thing. No, it's you, not. Uh, debt is not disposable income. But you're talking about the economy, all right? It, you, if you're, if you're pro- posing a situation where the guy breaks a window and then fixes it, yeah. you have to assume that he spent X dollars fixing the window. Correct. Whether it's cash, whether it's on credit. Different. It's, it's a huge difference because one— It's not a huge one, difference. It is a huge difference because if you had to borrow money to replace that window, yeah. then a bank is making interest off that debt, aren't they? I mean, not really. Of course they are. Now, you, now you're assuming he borrowed it from a bank. No, I'm not. Like, I'm not assuming. They're making the assumption here, Dick. I'm just saying that this uh, this uh, fallacy, it neglects the possibility that the father doesn't have disposable income. That's not the the point is not that it's disposable, though. The point's that he has to spend it. Dick, you don't have to argue every single point. Like, let me get through this. Let me get through these. Oh, let me get through these points I'm arguing. Go ahead. Well, no, but that's an assumption. You can't deny that's an assumption. All right, go ahead. Deny that. You're it does, you're it doesn't matter. That that's go an assumption go they through make? the list. I won't interrupt with points about these assumptions you're making. But that, you ahead. can't deny that that's an, that's an assumption they made. That he has income to spend on the disposable the, income. The word disposable assumption. is not the focus of the, of that point they're making. Dick, is it or is it not an assumption that an imaginary guy has a disposable income? Yes. Sure. Okay, that's all. That's the it's entire point I was trying to story. make. You cannot dispute that. That's that you cannot fucking dispute that. It's just an assumption that they made in the fallacy. Okay? That's not even the point I'm trying to make. Let me get on. Let me move on. Here's another assumption. That the father intended to spend that disposable income on other things. The father might opt to save that income instead of spending it, right? In which case, there would be no economic stimulus. That's another assumption they made. I mean, this is the poorest defense of a fallacy I've ever heard. Like, well, this has nothing to do with the point of the fallacy. You're saying it's poor, but you're not saying why. Why is it yeah, poor? Yeah, because when I started to, you said don't pick on every point. Dick, you cannot deny that, that uh, that's an assumption they made. 
How are you going to deny that? Which one? The second one now? Both of them. Those are both assumptions they made. They made the assumption that that disposable income would have necessarily been spent on something else. They're assuming that that father wasn't going to save and sit on that. He's, they're assuming that that wasn't a bundle of cash under his pillow that he never intended to spend. Well, that's a very bizarre case. A it's guy not. running a small business, like hoarding a very specific amount of money, because they're talking about in the long term, like in the, in over many years, the amount that he spent on the broken window would be spent possibly on something else. Like there's c- cash doesn't like go and sit in a vault. A guy running a business uses the cash to do things with the business, or he takes it as income. That's an assumption. But um, there's that. There's a New York Times did a story about a millionaire in, who like with this, was this widow who was born in like the 1920s, who was a multi multi millionaire. But every day she ate cold oatmeal and lived in a cold apartment, a cold mansion with the heater turned off because she was so shrewd. She didn't spend any of her money. That's so a very bizarre anecdote to apply to like a macroeconomic principle. That's, that's like irrelevant. the velocity of money is something that's very real. Dick, the money comes. Coming into the store and going out of the store is like part of business. Dick, I'm not talking about money coming into or out of the store. We're talking about a disposable set of income that someone might have that they're not spending. They're making the assumptions that he was going to spend that money. That's an assumption. You can't deny that. You can't deny that's an assumption of the fallacy. No, you're right. He might have turned it into gold and put it in a bin like Scrooge McDuck. He might have. You're totally right. And People that's, save. that's a bizarre comment to make about this fallacy. Whether it's bizarre doesn't matter, Dick. Whether it's, look, all you need to do is find an exception to the rule and then your fallacy has a hole in it, doesn't it? And then here's another assumption they make. That the product, that the product being destroyed is a window that doesn't depreciate much in value. So used in modern scenarios, something much more likely to get destroyed is something like your cell phone where you drop it in a toilet and it gets destroyed, right? That cell phone definitely depreciates in value, so replacing it isn't a maintenance cost because you're adding value to something that is depreciated. I don't even understand the point you're trying to make with that one. Dick, windows don't appreciate or depreciate in value unless sometimes if they're stained glass they might because like uh, for no one is value. thinking stained glass this right. is a guy with a shoe store that right. has a broken window right. it's very simple this example comes from 1850 when the things that were breaking that that needed to be replaced were things like door hinges and windows what those what still really, break okay but that's not the point they're making they're choosing they're cherry picking uh something that helps their case when it's not it's no longer applicable to reality would, what would you like this apply to you i'll let you get through the whole list and then i'll i'll tell you how this uh fallacy applies to you sure go, okay go ahead though because i don't want to i mean i don't want to piss you off by offering objections to your objections the fallacy dick so, i haven't even made an argument until point number three i'm just listing assumptions that the fallacy made and you're disagreeing with assumptions. Yeah, because they're very specific you're dick, instead of go ahead these assumptions you cannot dispute they're assumptions of the fallacy i'm just stating them i'm not ma- inventing these these aren't my my arguments the assumptions are that it's a normal business dick that you're you're generalizing just to gloss over this. Like, let me get through this list. Okay? Oh, please. Number four. Here's another assumption they make. It assumes that there is no insurance to cover the cost of those new goods. Insurance is what we pay into cover incidental costs that that, uh, that come up, right? So as long as we don't abuse it by filing false claims, insurance premiums won't inflate significantly, and that's why insurance companies are so profitable. So that's also making an assumption that the window, the, the shop owner, doesn't have some kind of insurance to cover incidental costs like that. Here's another assumption. It neglects the possibility that insurance can exceed the cost to replace the broken asset. So sometimes insurance pays you even more than the item is worth. 
I ha- you and I have a mutual friend whose car was totaled, and he got way more money from the insurance company than the car was even worth. So he actually ended up making more money that he then spent on something else. That's another assumption that they make with this, uh, with this fallacy. Here's another assumption, number six. It doesn't factor in the number of people who die without making an insurance claim, which are funds that go back into the pool. That also stimulates the economy. It also assumes that any rebuilding after a war is a maintenance cost. They're assuming that everything is a maintenance cost. It neglects the possibility that the things that we rebuild are often better than the things that were destroyed. The reason old buildings get destroyed in earthquakes is often because they're not built up to code. Newer buildings are made with newer materials and technology that can withstand future earthquakes. So we're replacing something old with something new that's better and more valuable. Those are all assumptions that the fallacy completely dismisses and disregards. And then uh, before I get to the last point, what do you what do you have to say about that? None of this makes any sense. Like, I, I mean, it's I don't even know if I'd call it cherry picking. It's not like it's like it's like I don't think you understand the basic point of the broken window fallacy. No, I do. Uh, I, okay, can you explain it? I mean, you said less a lesser mind is someone who can't have two thoughts in their head. Can right. you explain it in favor of the broken window fallacy? Sure. Like you're 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 making it very specific, like with insurance. Even though insurance is itself a cost, like, everybody has insurance. Do you have insurance for like my car. your bicycle tires? No, but my car I do. So your car specifically, but yeah. not in like in in general. You don't have insurance for every little thing you own. Sure, do I you? do. It's renter's insurance. I do. So. If you, like, tore a hole in your jeans, you yeah. would file a renter's insurance claim? Uh, I, I don't course think renter's not. insurance You should be able to jeans. answer that right away. No, you but would never do you're that. you're choosing a specific example of something that's not covered by it. What's your point? I'm saying in, in life in general, when things break, people don't file insurance claims, unless it's specifically for their health or their car. People in general don't file, like, small business insurance claims for things that cost a small amount of money because it will raise their rates. No, and I, it's not covered by the deductible. Totally false. I file insurance claims all the time. With my renter's insurance, it covers things that are lost, stolen, or even damaged. My uh, last apartment, I had a hand truck that was stolen. I filed an insurance claim and got money for it. Oh, well, I mean, good for so you. So in your opinion, having your hand truck stolen stimulated the economy? Yeah. Okay. Because I made, that, that hand truck went to somebody who had it and uh, wasn't probably going to purchase it because he's a thief. So then I had to go out and buy another one. Well, um, if you this, call armchair economists a big problem, then this is definitely a big problem. Because that's armchair economizing. Yeah, well, Dick, you asked me a question. You said, can I, can I s- state any scenario in which the broken window fallacy is true? No, and just that you understand it. I do, Dick. And specifically in the, sta- in the scenario that he laid out with these assumptions, it's correct. that, that if, if the shop owner had a broken window and we're in the 1800s and we don't have any other things that are breaking and he has disposable income and he was intending to spend that disposable income on something else that he now can't buy because he has to replace that broken window yes in that specific scenario the broken window fallacy applies but that scenario is irrelevant to modern days and i'll tell you completely irrelevant well not completely but to a large extent and i'll tell you why here's my final my final point and Uh my final assumption the broken window fallacy neglects the acceleration of new technology that gets developed during wars not only that but it neglects the creation of entire new industries created during wars that didn't exist before for example here are some inventions that came out of world war ii Radar. It was invented to get bombers on target, and it cut costs of bombing campaigns significantly. Bombers were wildly off target and completely missed the entire area they were going for, destroying more innocent buildings and causing more collateral life damage. They made landing safer, too, because far fewer accidents happen at night. 
Microwaves came out of World War II. Dynamo-powered flashlights. Those are crank flashlights. Uh-huh. They last upwards of 70 years. Those came out of World War II. Penicillin was invented in 1928, but it wasn't until 1939 that it was popularized because it started saving the lives of troops, and by 1944, it saved 12 to 15% of our soldiers, ushering in a widespread adoption of vaccination programs that we're still using today. Uh, no thanks to anti-vaxxers. How many dicks did it save, though? Penicillin? Probably it. A lot. A lot more than that. That's how you cure syphilis. And, oh, you know, that's, that's how you yeah, cure that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why it's so important for war. Uh, <laughs> People are banging, man. People These French banging. girls are grateful. We saved them. Um, Ooh la la. Yeah. Um, it created the synthetic rubber and oil, an all-new industry that didn't exist before the war. Jerry cans were created because of war. Yeah. Um, they created they, the jerry cans are like those those metallic uh, canisters you see for for gasoline that they put on the back of jeeps. Sure, those were specifically invented and designed because they had to quickly pour fuel without uh, without having a, a container that would compromise its structural stability. Yeah. So they put an air pocket in the handle. So when you poured it out, the air pocket would cause a differential that would cause the fuel to come out smoothly. I mean, if you're crediting a war with inventing a shape of a metal can i think that's kind of reaching well it came out of the war because of a need yeah. so so did radar before like in world war one people like pilots were dropping bombs out the side of the plane like it was really rudimentary how they were bombing uh, yeah. doing bombing campaigns in world war one world war two we have um, <laughs> some people might see that as a good thing yeah, that well. we couldn't more easily murder a bunch of civilians. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we stop trying. We just waste <laughs> yeah. more money doing it. Some, I'm just saying some people might see that yeah. as a good thing. Okay, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Then we also got pressurized air cabins from uh, World War II. It solved altitude sickness, barotrauma, and hypoxia. These uh-huh. were all things that we were suffering from. Anyway, uh-huh. um, and uh, so, so microwaves is a, a, one of the big ones that came out of World War II. Had we not had that war that created the accelerated effect on our economy, we might not have developed this technology for years to come, if ever. Or we might have developed it sooner. Like, that's, no, we that's have the point of a fallacy. <laughs> but we have evidence that we didn't develop it you, sooner. But you can't say, without the war, they wouldn't have made a gas container faster and better than the one we have. Like, well, there's no control for this claim you're making. There, there is, in that these things were specifically invented to solve a problem that we had during a war. Had we had, like, nobody had a problem of pouring out gasoline quickly before the war. Yeah. This was just something that invent, that they invented on the field because they saw a need for it. Well, we might have, if we had not been fighting a war, yeah. this, is what, this is what people are saying, that yeah. you gotta understand. Right. If we had not been fighting a war, we might have solved a bigger problem. Yeah. Like, we, yeah, yeah, we solved not being able to fuel jeeps fast enough right but we might have solved you know female genital mutilation yeah with the, with the money and the resources that we sunk into killing people sure we might have solved something better might have solved slacktivism yeah. i don't know how but well, it, it might it might have happened uh it's possible dick but without mobilizing those funds and without uh, really having a cause behind it without without getting the entire nation behind you and uh, scientists thinking about it around the clock, there's no urgency. And I would make the case that wars accelerate the uh, creation of these devices and these inventions specifically to solve these problems because we have an active, urgent need for it. Whereas female genital mutilation has been going on for for decades and decades, and nobody's done anything Centuries. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah, centuries. Forever. So, so uh, it's been going on despite war. It's been going, re- going on regardless of war because— I don't think that nations view it as a very urgent problem like they did with war. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you something very honestly. I think it's a shame that you can say war is good because it it grows technology. 
I think that's a I think that's a really bad thing Ooh. seed to put in people's heads. Hold on, I'm not saying war is good. Yeah, but I, I, I think if, if you credit it, if you credit it for inventing these things, we yeah. might not have invented them yeah. sooner. I think that's a really poisonous thing to put in people's heads. But isn't it fair to say that both things can be true? I mean, it's, I don't think that it's necessarily A or B. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, it grew it grew our economy, and war is pretty shitty. But you don't know yeah, that it, you don't correct, know that it grew Sean. the economy. We that's do. what you're saying. You but don't. It's, but it no. is credited. It's yeah, uh, but I mean, that's a problem too. Like yeah, there's I mean, also there's also evidence saying the war didn't grow the economy, and in fact stifled it, and that war in general is not this this uh, creates an economic to, boom. Yeah, there's right. evidence saying it doesn't, and that's what being an economist is taking multiple views of something. Yeah, and kind of positing. What maybe? Why maybe we did the things that we did? But you didn't address the the seventh point that I made, Dick. That the fallacy neglects that all costs in a war are not maintenance costs. Some of them are technology costs. Like if you replace a depreciated computer, like for example, if mine got burned in a fire in my apartment and I filed an insurance claim for it, it would be replaced for the monetary value that that computer is worth. They Mm -hmm. don't necessarily count depreciation or whatever. And I may be able to take those funds and buy a computer today that would cost that would uh, that would be worth way more that has way more value than whatever I replaced. So yeah. not everything is a maintenance cost. Those buildings that are being rebuilt in Nepal are being built up to today's standards rather That's than those shacks that they had before. One hundred percent false. No, no, it's not. They did in China. That's what they did in China. The, all the buildings they rebuilt in China after the Sichuan Province earthquake, all that infrastructure they're rebuilding is using modern polymers, modern technology, modern equipment. So let me Everything's ask you this. Be let me yeah. ask you this. First of all, China's not third world country that no one gives a shit about so of course they built their stuff good because they have the ability to do that number two here is here and here is the core of the broken window fallacy right they rebuilt a whole town got it up to par right right and you say that's a good thing right there you go and that's where that's where the myopia sinks in because what you don't think is with all that money if we didn't have to rebuild these buildings we could have built a hundred hospitals we could have built a hundred schools. We could have built any number of things that now we cannot build because we had to rebuild shit that was basically working. Yeah, but you're also neglecting- That's the fallacy. But I understand that, Dick. But you're also neglecting that instead of we could have built, we could have, we could have. We, I'm hearing a lot of we could have, but we could have also just sat on that money and uh, sa- uh, put it in the stock market. We could have just sat there with collecting interest on it. We could have, we could have. Except, you know what really inspires people to do things, Dick? Inspiration comes from necessity. That's when you actually have to get up off your ass and do something about it. You have to get up off your ass and build something because it's gone. You need it. Yeah, that's why I think radar people was built dying is a good necessity to to build a hospital. It is like the point of the fallacy is the could have. You're saying that the could have is the stupid part, but the fallacy posits the idea that look at all the things you could have done if you didn't have to spend this money replacing something. Like if your bicycle tire got slashed by someone who thinks bicyclers are a big problem, right? And that they're also too big of pussies to do anything about it. Yeah. Right? If somebody just walked out and slashed your bike tire. They're wrong. They would get a tire iron upside the head, (laughs) but go on. Okay. Yeah. You'll have to spend money replacing that tire because you're not going to submit an insurance claim for that. No. That you might have spent on, I don't know, making another video. Right. Like that, the point of the fallacy is the what if. What if you didn't have to spend it? That's why you can't just say it's good that they slashed my bike tire because now I have to go spend money on another tire. Right. It's easy to say that. That's a beautiful cherry-picked assumption that you made. But that's what 
It's not cherry picked. It That's is. what replacing you specifically, this shit. You specifically chose an example of something that isn't insured, like my bike. You, if you use that example with my car, I would say, yeah, well, it's insured, and my insurance rate uh, isn't going to go up. They're just going to replace the tire, and that's that. If it happens too often, yeah, my insurance rate might go up. But you've neglected insurance. You've chosen something that isn't covered oh by my, insurance. Yeah, this is you are way far off on this. Let's let's take insurance then. Yeah. If if insurance covers it, yeah, you're also contributing money globally to a business that is building tires instead of the business you would have other instead of the industry you would have otherwise put your money in Wrong. globally yes because that the tire company has to get money from somewhere whether it's you or the insurance company right. it doesn't fucking matter that it's insurance they would have got that money and the industry benefits that small small tiny drop and all those drops add up. Otherwise, another industry, let's say you would have gone and bought a video game. And the video game industry would have benefited from that money. It doesn't matter that you personally have to spend it one way or the other. Would you rather have that money go to the bicycle tire company or, or industry or the video game industry, which you would, I think you would support more? Dick, what you said makes no sense because you're assuming that the money that I have invested in insurance is mine to spend however I want. It's not. It's there specifically to replace tires or something that some damage that happens to my car of course if i had that money as disposable income i might spend it on video games i might spend it on making a new video or i might save it and invest it if i don't have an urgency to spend it i might not spend it because as a shrewd investor as somebody who wants to save money for the future if i'm going to put money in the bank i'm going to leave it there unless i have to spend it that's why you save money for a rainy day that phrase comes from necessity spending for a rainy day spending in case of adversity that money is not there for you to spend if it's invested in insurance. The only way to stimulate the economy, and by the way, insurance companies are hoarding that money and collecting interest on it. The only way to stimulate the economy is to get that value out of the insurance company and replace that tire. That does have a net positive effect on the economy. Um, I don't know how, I don't know what to root for in the voting on this one, because I think you're being the biggest armchair economist on that, like, that I've ever met. Now, yeah. and I think it's a big problem because I don't think you know what you're talking about in this case. I know. I mean, this is like part of this is proving that is saying that war is good because it brings. So I don't know how. No, 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 no. I didn't say war is good. I, what Sean said is perfect. Sean said that some good can come of war, but war is also bad. Okay, so I don't know how I want the voting to go. No. I guess go vote up armchair economists. You know, Dick. You know Why what's not? A big, you know what's a big problem is not being able to to breathe in space. And that's because of that problem, NASA has created all sorts of technology and all sorts of space companies, uh, space, uh, uh, space industries in, in various countries have tackled this problem to create new technologies to solve this problem. We're not sitting down on Earth trying to think of new ways to breathe in space unless we had to. We didn't think of those problems until we encountered them. So that's why sometimes some problems can inspire creation of new industries that we didn't even know existed. Yeah. Our economy is bigger today because of World War II, because of these technologies that were invented out of necessity. Had we not had that necessity, you know what, Dick? Maybe it was would have been invented. Maybe not. Maybe it would have taken multiple more years to, to come about. But you know, that necessity created that invention, and you can't deny that. You're yeah. saying uh, society is more reactionary than anything else. Yes. Yeah, that's why slacktivism is problem number one, because people see it and get pissed off and then click the vote when it does absolutely nothing. Yeah. Slacktivism yeah. does absolutely fucking nothing. All right. Well, that's my well, problem. Well, that's your point. Yeah. Uh, should we go over? We got anything else? You uh, got any a, this is a long closes? episode. This is our longest yeah. episode yet. Do you have anything else? No, that's that's uh, that's. I mean, I got some other stuff, but uh, I guess I'll just end on this uh, this last point here. <laughs> 
Richard Beers says, Dick is a genius. And he quoted you. He said, are heart attacks good because they keep cardiac surgeons employed? And he says, no, Maddox, heart attacks are not good. And then he says, W2 was not good for the economy. Yes, the stimulus spending. And he just like kind of rambled on with this. Uh, no, he's making good written. points. No. World War II is not good for the economy. Heart attacks are not good because they keep start- cardiac surgeons employed. Well, heart attack, simple. Uh, cardiac surgeons exist because heart attacks exist. So those cardiac surgeons are, are in an industry that was created in response to heart attacks. No, you're totally right. We'd be so fucked if there was no heart attacks and we had all these cardiac surgeons around that didn't know what to do. Right? <laughs> that, then we, that would be the biggest problem ever. We got all these cardiac surgeons, but no fucking heart attacks. Let's chin up some heart attacks. Yeah. You, know, you know, Dick, I, I took a class that, was, uh, that studied modeling not just of the economy, but of the heart, because it's very similar. The equations that they use for uh, regression models for the economy are similar to equations they use to model electrical circuitry, um, electrical pathways through the heart. Yeah. And they found that, uh, that in, in doing this research, they found that this has applications in so many other fields that they never even thought of it's improved not just pacemakers but uh, cancer research and uh, biology and chemistry all these different fields uh, these applications came about because we were trying to solve this problem of heart attacks so i don't think that it's i think it's a simplistic view to say that yeah cardiac surgeons uh wouldn't exist without heart attacks but then they would be spending that time doing something else you know what it might have a net positive that's all i'm saying all right you done yeah um i gotta get to one more thing before we close out the show because, as you know, last week, I won. Oh, <laughs> no, this is fucking bullshit! <laughs> this is what I get? Uh, do you remember where we were last time? It's been a while since we've had to watch 30 seconds of Titanic. You know what, dickhead? You don't get to play the song and the I'm Titanic. I'm talking to you about where we are in Titanic. I'm not just playing the song. No. Do you remember where we were? I know. I'll tell you then. You can sit through me recapping. You can sit through me recapping it if you want. We started under the ocean. What? What? No, fuck yourself, Grant Mooney. We were under the ocean. Bill Paxton was taking us on some kind of archaeological expedition, right? A submarine under the sea. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Do you remember when he pulled out, uh, what did he pull out, a little child's toy? A dildo. A dildo? Yeah. He pulled out a safe. Do you remember what he pulled out of the safe? No, because I didn't see it, Dick. I was looking down at my cock. Yeah, but you heard it. No, I, you know what? I'm plugging my ears this time. And you said, what did, what did he pull out a big gem? Remember? He opened the safe yeah, and he said, Yeah, because I read the synopsis. I know what it is. Oh, you know what it is? Yeah. Well, you're in luck. You're going to relive it. I've mixed <laughs> I've mixed in Asterios' uh, commentary, too. All right, there they are, opening the I'm not, I'm safe. Not. Oh, looking up. Maddox. Looking up. Sounds juicy. A lot of water came out of it. Yeah! Look at his face! (laughs) He looks like a bottle of hot sauce! Uh, Don't you want to see that? No! Yeah, he's got that bulging vein Why are you looking, Randy? Oh my god! Titanic lover. Good movie. It's a shit movie. Is it better than Guardians of the Galaxy, do you think, or worse? It's pro- <laughs> Great <Not> joke, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Randy said it looks like the you box know, boss, we got from Butt Sanchez. Geraldo and his career never recovered. It's this feels funny. like longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> it was a little bit longer. I've been growing them oh, by a couple seconds said, I knew week. it. I knew it. <laughs> Somebody commented, too. They found that one of them was like 36 seconds long. Oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, my, problem, my problem was um, bicyclers. My problem was armchair economists, which I'm not. But you should definitely vote up. See you next Tuesday. Shit fallacies.
This is Jed. I'm a moderator for Bodybuilding.com. You may know me by my handle, RoyVault96. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hey, I have the answer to your question. Because at Bodybuilding.com, we care about providing accurate info and getting stuff right and stuff. It's true. <laughs> so historically, Armenia has been associated with Asia and the Middle East. Right. But these days, it is economically and politically aligned with Europe. In fact, Armenia joined the Eurasian Economic Union oh. in January. Is that not true? Also, I wanted to inform you that we banned your account. Oh. Yeah, it <laughs> turns out there have been numerous sexual harassment claims on our forums yeah. from both our male and transsexual users. <laughs> so, as we say at bodybuilding.com, GNC sucks, and go fuck yourself. Mm. <laughs> your account got banned. <laughs> now, not, not, no complaints from women, though. So what does that tell you? <laughs> Only men and transsexuals. I mean, it tells me there's no women on bodybuildingforum.com. Oh, there is. Yeah. Yeah. No hot yeah. chicks hanging out on a forum with bros. Uh, yeah, why would, why would women want to hang out with a bunch of buff dudes, right? Because they talk like meatheads. Maybe in real life, but you don't want to chat with them online. Uh, Talking about Armenia's economic policy. Get out of here. Hey, guys. It's Ben from Ohio. Just uh, had a quick question for you. Where the fuck is my bonus episode? I paid fucking 94 something cents for this thing, <laughs> and I don't have time to be fucking sitting around all weekend waiting for your bonus episode so that I can fucking sit around all weekend and do nothing listening to your bonus episode instead of doing my job. And I don't want to hear any bullshit about, oh, Boisterous Coconuts came by unexpectedly <laughs> and we had to host him. Put him on the fucking bonus episode it's good and it's give me my goddamn bonus episode. Yeah, I, and uh, just one other quick <laughs> thing, Dick, quick if you thing. get a moment between not uh, releasing the bonus episode, <laughs> if you could go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what you can do uh, where your bonus episode is. It's probably where that other dollar five cents is, dickhead. Our bonus episodes don't cost 94 cents. But uh, they are available on the website... So you can go there to buy them. Yep, uh, $1.99 or $15.99 for the entire season, which is a bargain. You save, like, what, seven bucks? Yeah, so save don't it. buy that. Yeah. Buy them buy individually. Them individually. <laughs> yeah, multiple times we recommend. Um, it yeah, stimulates the economy. <laughs> 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 Sean, bringing it home. Bravo. Um, yeah, I don't know. Send uh, send Dick an email if you're not getting the bonus episodes. I've, I've gotten a bunch of emails from people who don't get it for some reason. I, and you put the wrong email it's in. Usually it's the wrong always email. the wrong yeah. email. How the fuck hard is it to copy and paste your own email? Yeah, it's it's awful. These people put typos in their email, and then they like every single time they say no. I'm I'm sure I typed it correctly. <laughs> Because uh, I got the PayPal receipt. I'm like, dickhead, your PayPal receipt is tied to your actual email. Account. Yeah. yeah. Not the one that you typed into the, and then it's always like homemail.com instead of hotmail. Wait, who's using Hotmail anymore either? I, uh, I, our listeners. They are. I know. I don't get. I, I guess. Um, Dick, I got one last clip to play. This is from Reverend Scott. He sent in another another clip this time. Uh, so he sent in one for our 50th episode, and he thought this was another milestone, 52. Did he, did he rip off the background music this time sure and not did. credit it? Sure did. Do you see that? I credited it, though. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I did. Uh, okay. I, I saw that somebody in the in the comments said uh, this was this came from someone else. Yeah, I, no I, regard. Yeah. No, uh, he mentioned he mentioned it uh, in an email, but I thought it was a collaboration. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was, but no. I, I, I gave credit just to be safe. All right. So anyway, here it is. If she don't raw dog, I go, nah, dog. <laughs> Here comes the Christian <laughs> Ministries of Reverend Scott. I love it. Hey there, Maddox, Dick, and Sean. This is Reverend Scott. 
here to God. celebrate your one-year anniversary with a little segment I like to call Holy Shit with Reverend Scott. I can already tell you're excited to hear it, Maddox. Oh, okay. This is worse than sitting on my balls. <laughs> Maybe I'll just stop then. Come on, it makes my nipples so hard. Well, in that case, I'll continue. First things first, though, it's about time I came here with my own problem. I've been listening what? to your problems yeah. for a year now. Plastic bag bans, self-checkout lanes not working, not enough bartenders, Tom's shoes, anti-vaxxers, drought dick bags, celebrity worship, hipsters, detox diets. You want all those have in common? The state of fucking California. That's mm. my problem. California. We're really only one earthquake away from solving that problem, though. So everybody go vote down earthquakes, because that's not a problem. That's a solution. I'd like to see you try and argue against that logic, dick. Uh, all right, let me think. Hold on. <laughs> nah, you got me. <laughs> What's even worse about California is all you jerk-offs live there. Get fucked. I'm serious. I don't like what that place is doing to you guys. What do you spend most of your time doing there, dick? Usually I'm getting my ass torn up. I know I don't want to pass out at any okay, parties jokes. you go to, dick. Not with what they do to you. Yeah. They draw dicks on your face. They put their dicks on your, your, their face. They put your dick on their face. And don't you laugh, Maddox, because California has done something even worse to you. It's taken away your manhood. Hey, guys, psychologically, I identify as a woman, so you have to call me a woman. I get to use women's restrooms. I haven't had the operation or the surgery yet. Nobody should be allowed to doubt my sincerity. Oh, we won't, buddy. And that's probably why you're so into censoring porn. But, I mean, a vagina would totally kill my boner if I saw it uncensored. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's about time we just all said farewell to Maddox's balls. Take my balls. Do with them what you will. Why don't you have a Viking funeral for my balls? Why don't you just send them out to sea, set them on fire, and watch them just get ashy? They might as well because they're never going to do anything. At least you can start getting the type of sex that you want the most. Super into anal. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sometimes penis goes into butt. Okay, Maddox, we get it. God. And I'd mention Sean, too, but then the segment would probably get deleted. Yeah. Oh, and Asterios, uh, he's not even from California, so I'm not sure what his excuse is. This whiny little bitch needs to shut the hell up. You know what? I think that's enough for one week, guys. Congrats on one year of podcasts. Now go vote up California. And as always, peace and love, guys. Shithead. Fuck. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jerk off out of anger.